Hi, welcome to episode 32 of the Cadence Beat. This is the podcast where we talk about building effective websites with WordPress and Cadence. And because you're hearing my voice, you probably have gathered that Kathy is not here today. So I'll be taking over a venture with me. But I'm super excited about this episode because we have brought in one of my favorite people in the whole world, Liberty Fleming. Hi, Yay. Liv. Yes. Hi, thanks welcome. for having me. Glad you're here. Liberty was one of my first friends when I moved to Idaho, and she's my all-time, anytime I want to do something fun, girl, go-to. She's the most fun person, so this will be a very fun episode. I'm super excited, and Lib is crushing it in terms of marketing and social media. She's just, like, killing it and has creative ideas all the time, so I was I'm like, just making it all up, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to find out what that actually looks like, because... yeah. Making it up is awesome, but how, yeah, let's learn more about that. How do you make it up? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, a lot of people try to make it up and it doesn't get them very far. So we'd love to just hear more about your process and making things up. So Liv, why don't we start by you just telling us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do. Yeah. So like Hannah said, my name is Liberty. I am 29 and I just recently moved to Nashville, Tennessee, like recently as in, oh, actually today's my one month anniversary. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, one, one month, month ago. And so I live in Nashville now and I started doing freelancing, marketing, social media, kind of everything in that realm. When I was 15, I was in high school and I got really into photography and I remember my first paid shoot, I got paid $50. And I remember thinking, I think I just figured out like the best system in life and like what I should do. <laughs> and so pretty much since then, I have been in the marketing space and yeah, just ebbed and flowed through my career. I went to school for social entrepreneurship. So I did a little bit of marketing within it, but more on the business side. And then flash forward like 10 years and now we're here. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Do you primarily work just by yourself or is it more than you sometimes when you're doing projects? Yeah, I, so I have one person that works with me consistently and then I like to work with a lot of different freelancers as well. Like if there's a bigger project. So basically how my work world works at the moment is I will get contracted out by different companies or different individuals. And then I will provide any type of like creative service for them. So sometimes that's social media management. Sometimes it's some type of like production, like a video production, photo production, or kind of anything under the realm of creative agency type of work. And so depending on the scope of project, I will work with a lot of different people. In the past, I did event coordinating and Hannah actually would join me on a lot of my events. <laughs> so Hannah's seen a lot of the ins and outs of my work over the years, but I like working with other people just because multiple brains, I feel it, multiple brains and multiple hands makes a better project. Yeah. Yeah. My primary you... role in helping her with weddings and events was just making sure that she was eating because if she was eating and then she was able to like function and tell me what to do. But that was like my main job. I was like, if you eat and okay, just start feeding her. <laughs> she was very good at it. I, <laughs> the, problem <laughs> is, 
problem is, and if there's anyone listening that's in events, like, or in any type of like production or coordinating, what tends to happen is you get so fixated on what's going on that you forget like how to just survive as a basic human. So like you usually just forget <laughs> food, water, sleep, like all of those things. And so that's definitely been a huge growth area for me over the years. I've been figuring out how to actually like maintain just a normal lifestyle while also putting all of my energy into work. I've definitely been on a journey, a journey with that the last few years, but Shout out to Hannah for keeping me alive. <laughs> ben, I feel like you can deeply relate to that. Like not eating, not sleeping, just deep. Uh, not, yeah. Uh, yeah. I have to have alarms on my computer to go off to tell me to do basic things like just look away from the screen for any <laughs> or like stretch or yeah. Because I'm very focused. And that's just like coding. That's not even, yeah. But I feel um, like that's been glamorized in a way like. Growing up, I feel like millennials, especially, we were taught that you need to grind and that you need to, it's like hustle 24 seven is something that's, that was like deeply ingrained into my brain when I was young. And it was like, oh, if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to build anything, like you need to work harder than anyone else and you need to put in 90 hours a week. And I remember hearing, what's that, that really popular co-working space the like first one that popped up I think it's uh, we work here. Yeah, yeah yeah we work I remember I read an article once about how they had their water stations and they had fruit in the water that spelled out hustle <laughs> and the article was all about how that's actually not it's <laughs> not healthy really good thing yeah to it's interesting to convince people that are already prone to that yeah yeah. Yeah. Work-life balance is a trick. And especially for an entrepreneur, I think it's probably one of the number one things of like, how do I get mm-hmm. to a place where business is consistent enough that you're making a living, you're doing all, you're paying rent or you're doing all that stuff, but you're not working so hard that you have no life and you like hate yourself and all of those things. Right. I think that balance is probably the hardest for a freelancer because yeah, even like when I was doing it, I got married and my wife and I were trying to figure out budgeting and always be like, I don't know what we're going to, I don't know. I'll probably make this in a year, but like next month, no idea. And just like the basic things of like, how do you have a rhythm with finances and all that stuff? It's really tricky because it really ebbs and flows. 100%. That's one of my favorite topics. I was going to say, Liv is also your finance girl. So we should have a whole separate (laughs) podcast where we just talk about budgeting and finance. Just like systems in general. And so I, uh, just a couple years ago, I switched over my business name. So I had just operated under my own name for, for my whole career. And then a couple years ago, I was like, I need to have a name that's separated from myself. One, just for my own balance, but two... I started thinking about how so many freelancers that I know are having those same types of conversations, don't know how to get in rhythms, don't have the systems in place and like really struggle on the, like, especially creatives, I feel like usually really struggle on the business side of things. And so the name that I chose to call the company is the freelance market. And all of the content that I do there is centered around like systems and mindset for freelancers and for creatives. And so, yeah, that kind of stuff I love to geek out on. And that's cool. My friends are probably sick of hearing about it, but <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's cool. 
Have you found that as you've gotten grown and gotten more established that it's become easier because you have a more consistent clientele? And whereas like in the early stages, I feel like in the early stages, there's just like, you're going to have to go through the season. That's going to be really hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, feel like I should be even more dialed in with that now than I actually am because a lot of what I do still, I will tend to like ebb toward what the client prefers, which I don't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily recommend. Like, I don't think that's really a good thing because then it caps you on your ability to scale and just your own personal boundaries and all of that. But I do think early on, there is something to be said about being a yes person in a way, if you're trying to just get clients and you're trying to grow your business, I don't think it's bad to say yes to a lot of different types of things and to work late at night if that's required or to get up early in the morning Mm -hmm. and do it or to, or Mm -hmm. honestly, even to do free work. There's a lot of people that are very against Mm -hmm. doing any type of free work. And even to this day, like many years into my career, I still will do free work if it sounds fun to me. And if it's something that I think will bring me value. And so Mm -hmm. I don't even think like, I do agree that early on you should be willing to do that, but even deep into your career, I feel like you should be willing to do that if it's Mm -hmm. the right fit. But I do think that as you grow, you should also increase your confidence to have more systems in place and to be able to say to a new client, like, this is how it works. This is when I'll send you invoices. These are the contracts I need you to sign. I think that's an important part of growth too. And honestly, it makes most people view you as more legitimate also. And so that's a benefit also. If you have your ducks in a row, a client is usually impressed by that. And they then trust you more. Have you found as you've gotten further along that you've niched down into certain areas, like I know if you're starting out freelancers, you just do whatever comes your way. Have you really started to find this is where I bring a lot of value and I love doing it. Is that a thing for you? Or are you still, I really love doing it all. And I like being in the middle of all of it. Yes. Everyone early on was like, you have to niche down. And I do think in some ways that's better because you become more of an expert in one specific thing. You usually can charge more, but I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram. Hannah is, and Hannah and I have (laughs) the same. (laughs) Are you a seven as well? Yes. Oh gosh. Yeah. So you and love them. I want to be. That's why she's my most different. fun friend. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, because I can't, I don't like, and I'm not using Enneagram as the excuse for anything. I'm just saying like, it is inherent in my personality to want to do a lot of different types of things. And so I actually prefer to have, to work with people in a lot of different industries because I myself am interested in a lot of different interests in different industries. And so it honestly just sounds more fun for me, but I will say that what I have narrowed down on is the types of people that I work with. So Hmm. even though there's clients in different sectors, they all have similar mentalities and that definitely is very important to me. And I would say like one thing that's important is a willingness to like be creative and try different things. It would be somebody that I feel somewhat energized by. So like usually after an initial call, 
I will go and evaluate like how I actually feel right after the call. And if I feel super drained, I usually, I either will scale down the contract or I won't do it at all. So there's like more of some personality things that I've, that have become more of the niche, but not necessarily in industry. That's an interesting way to think about it is like really finding the people you want to work with. Do you work with the same people a lot or is it constantly new? I work with a lot of the same people. Most of my 20, or I think I I calculated it recently. I think it's 80 something percent of my 2023 clients I had in 2022. And sometimes it's because it's just a retainer client. It's just something that's ongoing. And usually that would be for social media. Or if somebody is, it's a project based, but they just have recurring projects year after year. For companies, they like to work with the same people over and over again because they already know the workflow, they trust the work and all of that. So usually at the end of the year, I'll send out an email too to all of my clients from that year and offer some type of like discount for the following year or something like that. I actually just started that last year, so <laughs> I haven't done that forever, but cool. But it worked so far. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Going back to that moment when you were 15 and you had this, oh yeah, I just figured it out. I figured out how to like kill it basically. Do you feel like you've had a moment like that in the last 10 years of your actual career where you've like, or maybe I'm sure there have been multiple moments, maybe give us an example of a time that you were like, oh, I just figured out how to crush it in this area or whatever. Yeah. Most of the time I don't really think that way. Like most of the time I'm just on to the next thing and thinking, mm-hmm. oh, I could add on this or I could approach this differently. That's how my brain works. And I worked with a business coach last year and that was her number one thing that she would always tell me. She's like, you actually need to stop and just celebrate things. Like, let yourself celebrate any type of creative wins. But so I've been trying to be better about that. One thing that pops in my mind though is several, probably six months ago, I had a client for social media and we had been working together for about eight months at that point. And the intention with his account is that he really wanted to go viral. And so from the first day that we started working together, he was like, I really want to go viral. That was just, and that should not always be the number one intention. <laughs> That was his and we knew that it would be good for what he's trying to do. And so we spent eight months without seeing really any big growth at all. And then it's eight months and day two or something. And this random video ended up going viral. And since then, it's been like insanity on his account. Like it, I mean, it probably six X'd since then his account following and but not only that there's been like a ton of opportunities that have come because of that in his industry a lot of people have reached out to him and wanted to work with him and a lot of different things like that and I think why that sticks out in my mind as a time where I felt like okay like we just crushed it and we just figured it out is because for eight months I was telling him just trust the process like you just got to be consistent but in my mind deep down I was like I hope I'm right. I don't know. <laughs> I hope that is true, but, and I believed it to be true, but I hadn't seen it in such a dramatic yeah. way. And so when it happened, hmm. 
it was cool because I was able to say, see, like, this is what happens. When <laughs> Just you- like I told you. <laughs> <laughs> like I knew all along, but really I didn't. And, but that is something that I've thought about a lot since then. And any new clients I've been working with, I've said the same thing. It's like, you just have to put in the work and be consistent and eventually the results will follow. But I think, and I am guilty of this all the time. It's like, I will get so fixated on the result and then that just drives me crazy. And a lot of my clients do the same thing. It's like, they'll look at the result and say, this is what I want that then like the process doesn't become as fun and you can, because it's not as fun, you maybe won't be as consistent with it. And then the results won't follow. But if you're just Mm -hmm. focused on the actual process of it, the results will follow. And yeah, so that was, it was a cool like win moment for me, but it also changed the way that I think about the process and results and Mm -hmm. all of that. That's cool. That's so if we're giving like the listeners so how did tips, we go viral? <laughs> the main thing is consistent, but can you define that a little bit more consistent, like consistently posting? Is there like a certain amount you should post in a given time period? Or is it like really depending on the person or is there any like tips that you can say, this is what consistency looks like? Yeah. So for social media specifically, I would say that you just need to create any type of plan pretty much any type of strategy and then just stick with that. And there's not a lot that you can do Hmm. wrong. It's similar in my mind to Hmm. pursuing some type of like fitness journey. It's like, it doesn't really, yes, there are some things that you can do better than others, but if you want to run, that's great. If you want to lift, that's great, but just stick to it and be consistent with it and keep doing it. And you'll see results. It's the same with social media. So There's a lot of Instagram gurus out there that would say you have to post between 8 and 9 p.m. Eastern time on Monday, Wednesday, and twice on Saturdays. And the reality is, and they might come for me on this, but the reality is none of that matters. (laughs) Like I, multiple people that I work with have gone viral doing completely opposite strategies from each other. Like the one that I just Mm -hmm. mentioned, we have no, there's no specific time per day that we post. We just post when the post is ready and we have free time and we text back and forth and say, okay, let's do it now. And then there's some that it's every Mm -hmm. single day at 8am. And it honestly just doesn't matter as much as people like to say that it does. The important thing is choosing something and then sticking with it. So for me personally, Mm -hmm. like on one of my accounts, I have chosen to post every day at 8 a.m. And I do that just for my own routine so that I can make sure to post every single day. And if I don't do that, I just, or if I don't have a structure, Mm -hmm. I know that I won't follow through with it. So some people need that type of structure. And, but that look, that's the consistent side for me versus For somebody, the consistency might be, I'm going to post three times a week and it's going to be sometime during the five weekdays. And that might work just as well for them as this system does for me. So that would be the main thing with consistency is yes, posting regularly, but posting on like some type of schedule that you feel like you can actually stick to and times and all of that don't matter so much. 
Do you have a like a go-to strategy for content in terms of like number one, it should be authentic or number one, it should be like on brand or, or is it like, honestly, just get something out there like into the space. Like what's your go-to when you're trying to think of content? Like, yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I think the very first thing that I always think about is does it actually feel like you or like your company? And I think that's the most important because I, I, uh, I thought of this, I don't know, a few years ago, but I started calling it the living room theory, which is where when you invite somebody over to your living room, like you have created a specific type of atmosphere in the living room. Right? And it's like something that you're proud of, you're hosting this moment, like they're coming into your space. And I started thinking that way about social media or a website or any type of like digital marketing efforts is like this. It's like somebody else is entering into your digital space. It's like either a living room or it's like a storefront. It's like the digital space, mm-hmm. how they're going to get to interact and know your brand. And there should be some specific feelings associated with that, that yeah. you choose. And so that would be like my number one that's my number one place that I always start with other people is does this content actually feel like it's a reflection of you? And if it doesn't, then that's not authentic and it's not going to hit people in the right way. Or if it does, if it does hit people and then they go and buy your product they they might not like it because they were, it doesn't yeah. actually match what the brand was. And so that's the number one thing. And then within that, I would say to create some content pillars So usually those would include like some type of educational piece, like a promotional piece, if you're selling a product or something like that, and then like story. And so then you have your content pillars, but it's all based on this overarching thought of, is this actually authentic to the brand? So obviously you've evolved very much over the years. If you could go back to five years ago or three years ago, what's something that you would change and then now do different? Or is there something that you're like, that you would laugh at that you did then that now you're just like, oh, I think about it so differently. Yeah, I would laugh at a lot. (laughs) 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 There's some stuff that's just so embarrassing, but (laughs) (laughs) no problem. You just learn and grow. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things going back to the systems and rhythms that we were talking about earlier I think I would have put some of those systems in place earlier in my life. I, I've no, and actually I even experienced something this week where I had a potential for a job, like just a new client. And as we were talking, I was like, oh, my systems are not prepared for the scope of this client. And even to this day, I still feel that tension. And and to some degree, Mm -hmm. you're always going to grow with that. But I would tell myself from three years ago, five years ago, get the structures and the system in place now so that when the work comes, it's just more streamlined and it's easier. Yeah. Another thing that I would have done earlier on is pay myself a consistent salary. So like you were talking Mm -hmm. about earlier, how there's... the income ebbs and flows, obviously every single month. So something that I do now that I wish I would have done years before, because it would have saved a lot of headache is 
having a separate bank account that all of that goes into and just assigning a specific amount that I'm paying myself every month that I can create my own personal budgeting mm-hmm. out of that I'd say is something that I tell people all the time. And I like, Interesting. I will preach forever. I'm like, you should do this. It will make everything feel so much less chaotic. So a lot of it has to do with just those systems and rhythms and getting those in place. Yeah. And then one yeah. other thing is just letting yourself flow with how things happen, meaning not getting so mm-hmm. fixated on like, it has to look this specific way, or I have to do this specific thing. I think that something that I'm actively learning is how to just like flow with what opportunities present themselves and say yes to opportunities and also just not get so concerned if opportunities don't work out because it's really yeah. easy to like get really excited about something and start dreaming about it all the time and then it doesn't actually pan out and it can be uh, you. And so a lot of that mindset stuff of just like remaining just calm and just going with the flow. I think that that can be really helpful just mentally. Another question. What's a piece of advice you would give to people? Everybody is trying to kill it in marketing. Like everyone who's doing marketing is like, obviously just trying to bring in clients and be successful. What, what's a piece of advice you would say for bringing in clients? What has been the biggest thing for you? That's a piece of marketing for you. That's brought clients that's made people like end up on your page or on your Instagram or whatever. Yeah, definitely word of mouth has been the number one thing for me, but that could even look like reaching out to past clients and asking them if they know anyone that needs something. The cool thing about marketing is, and I mean, you guys experience this too, for sure. The cool thing about marketing is everybody, it helps everybody versus Mm -hmm. When I was in high school, yeah. I had a job at a mall selling aprons in a kiosk. <laughs> and it was really not very fun because I was trying to convince people, like everybody that would walk by, I was trying to convince them to buy an apron. But like not a lot of people cared about aprons. <laughs> and I remember thinking, this is not fun because not everybody wants like these aprons. And so I yeah. feel like I'm just shooting out into the dark saying, does anybody want to buy dollar <laughs> apron? And besides around Mother's Day, and it would always do amazing around Mother's Day. But <laughs> the cool thing about marketing is anyone that you're talking to, whether let's say you just meet somebody on the street and they ask what you do and you say that you do some type of marketing, they immediately start thinking about how it can benefit whatever they're doing whether it's like their mm-hmm. business or their personal brand or something. And I've, so I found it to be so much more natural, like being a salesperson, because you really don't have to try that hard to sell because somebody is already thinking about how it can help them in some way. And yeah. so I would say if anyone is listening, who is wanting to, or currently does like social media marketing or, photo, video, or anything along those lines, like so many people are looking for that, but they just don't know who to hire. And so even just talking about it, even just saying like, Hey, I'm taking on clients for this. I guarantee that people will say, Oh, I was just thinking that I needed to hire a photographer. I didn't know who to hire, but now that I know that you do this, I will do that. And I'm sure it's the same with you guys with cadence. It's like, 
people, every single business needs a website. Every single business needs everything that goes into all of that. But so that's the benefit of marketing. And so it's been an upgrade since the apron days, I would say. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. That's the advice I was given. People are like, how do I get more clients? Cause I build websites or I like, I do photography. I'm like, think about it from a marketing standpoint. Don't think about yeah. what service you offer. Think about how that service will be a marketing tool for the person. Cause if you can talk in that language, then you're right. They're immediately yeah. like, oh, this is a win-win. I really, I need more sales or whatever. So learning marketing to me, if you're doing any kind of freelance, any kind of freelance is like the most it's got to be the pillar next to whatever skill you're bringing to the table. If you're a designer, learn marketing. (laughs) If you're like freelance coder, learn marketing. Because if you understand it and you can talk in that language, it's so much easier to, for businesses, for people to know how to work with you. That is so true. I was thinking about how the most important thing you can do as a freelancer is learn the language of the people that you're talking to. Like usually that requires some type of translation. I have a concept in my mind. Usually the business that I'm talking to isn't going to understand it if I just say it straight up. And so I try to translate it for them a little bit. And that's been, I think mm-hmm. something that I've just started doing in the last couple of years that I've found has one made it easier to get the client, but two, saved so much time and energy of just like trying to go back Mm -hmm. and forth in in miscommunication so i definitely agree with that learn the language Mm -hmm. and be willing to talk about it and put yourself out there that's good what's a job in your let's call it last couple years that you were like this was cool that you would be willing to share in terms of you did the photography for this or you did tell us about a specific job that was cool Wow. There's a few, (laughs) there's a few that pop in my mind. Something that probably is the most prominent in my mind over the last year was I know somebody who does event coordinating and she had posted on her Instagram that she was looking for a fashion show producer. And I have never done a fashion show before, but it has been on my like dream bucket list since I was probably 13 years old. And so I reached out to her and I was like, I don't do, I've never done a fashion show, but I, but like, this would be my dream. And I, I wasn't even saying it to sell myself. Like I just was responding back to her and we ended up like messaging back and forth a little bit. And she then basically went on to explain that she was going to have an, a different fashion show producer, but she was also needing to bring on a couple of assistants and it was going to be unpaid, but like the transportation would be covered and was wondering if I wanted to do it. And like I had done, I had experience in production and events and stuff like that, but because I hadn't had any experience in that world, I just immediately was down. I was like, I don't even care if I get paid like 100%. I would love to do this. And so I ended up traveling for that event and helped produce the show. And it was truly, it might honestly be like my career highlight. Like it was one of the most (laughs) fun days that I've ever had in work. And the crazy thing is I didn't even get paid for it. (laughs) That's where I say you don't have to be so rigid of, 
know your worth, but also do things that sound fun. And and I remember walking around that day with the headset on and just like coordinating everything. And I remember having this very distinct feeling of this feels like my element, like this, it's fun Mm -hmm. for me. I feel like I'm good at it. I feel like it's, this is something that I'm going to remember and like something that I would honestly be open to doing more of down the line. And so, yeah, that's one that jumps in my mind. And I, I like it just because it was like a free random opportunity. And it was something that I like put myself out there for and like initially sent that DM. And I honestly didn't think anything would come from it. And so that's, that's really cool. cool. That's yeah. very cool. So fun. I think we can start wrapping up. This has been so fun. And I think super insightful. We have a ton of people, I think, listening who are just trying to like figure out marketing. It's a huge piece to any business is how do I market? And then also how do I bring in clients? So this has been really helpful. Thanks, Liv. Just to end, what's like something you're excited about going forward? I'm excited about, I'm excited about the way that marketing has developed over the last several years. I, it's cool to me that companies are seeing the value in digital marketing now more than ever before. And I feel like that creates a huge opportunity to anyone that's in that space that specifically like works in marketing, but also to businesses like business owners have more access to more creative things than they ever have before. It's honestly so crazy. Like the apps that you can download on your phone, where you can edit videos, where you used to have gone to film school in order to learn how to edit. Yeah. It's like, yeah. now you can download a free app on your phone and you can edit and you can, you, there was this trend that, that went around TikTok several months ago that was, it was just like a filter of this boat and somebody would be standing in the boat, like the business owner. And it would say, the text about it would say, um, we were going to spend $10,000 on a video project, but we're going to post this video instead. And it's going to get more views. And they would, so many of them went viral. And it's like, <laughs> so that stupid. Shop, I know, but like that yeah. small shop, like they yeah. legitimately saved $10,000 <laughs> and they got a million and a half views and and then sold out of their store the next day. And so I think I'm excited that there's that potential for both like the marketers and for the business owners. And I think that's, yeah, that's a really exciting thing in, in the world we live in today. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's so good. What's the best place to get in touch with you if people want to hire you and contact you Liberty? So I have an Instagram account. It's called just at the freelance market, just all spelled out. And then the website is linked on there as well, but it's just the freelance market.co. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. You guys had amazing questions. I feel, I just feel like I like bulleted through all of those, but I loved your questions. So thanks for letting me share and thanks for having me on. Oh yeah. I think that was really helpful. Cool. That wraps it up. We'll see you guys on the next episode.